Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, cool. We are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Workflow Wednesday series. And um, I'm excited to, to have uh, not only Rich here today, Haley and Heather are out for the day, but we have uh, a longtime friend of ours and a new guest on the Workflow Wednesday series, Sean Austin from KISS. Thank you so much, Sean, for making time to, to hang out with us for a bit. Sure thing. And uh, we're gonna, we were running into a few technical issues as we were getting started. So if, if you all are noticing audio or technical video issues as we go, don't hesitate to comment. We'll make adjustments on the fly as we always do the best that we possibly can. Um, but this, this particular series, for those of you who are new to the show, um, is very much centered around the idea of workflow and more specifically efficient workflow. And we're starting yet another new series this week with Workflow Wednesday, which is centered around album sales. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the philosophy of album sales this week. And of course, it makes uh, plenty of sense to have Sean along for the ride for this one uh, to comment both on the philosophy. And then next week, actually, one of his team members as well will be joining us to talk about the actual workflow with a focus on efficiency. How do we manage this process of selling albums and delivering them to our clients as efficiently as possible? And we'll get to that next week. This week, we're talking about philosophy. And Sarah already chimed in and said, looking forward to, to today's um, conversation around album sales. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us. And for those of you that are joining in, listening in, watching, don't hesitate. Well, actually, for those of you who are watching live, don't hesitate to comment, ask questions, make suggestions. Um, let us know what your experience has been in regards to album sales. And uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast. We push this out to the podcast later on today. You can always come back and take a look at the, the video version of this broadcast. If you go to facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. Yeah, every single time I get screwed up on that one. But um, you can come back and watch the videos and that'll be particularly relevant next week. We're going to actually do a live demo of the KISS uh, album interface. And uh, so you're going to want to check that out as well. But Nice. How have you guys been doing? We were we were kind of small talking a little bit before we got started here, but Sean, what what's um just briefly, what's family life been like? I, it looked like you were traveling a little bit and then talk to us a little bit about where Kiss is at. Sure. Yeah, the kids are on fall break right now. So um I've been on the road a lot, um, kind of for KISS and um some personal travel's been in there as well. But yeah, we were able to get away for kind of a long weekend. They're off for the rest of this week. So I'll be home for the rest of this week and then headed out to um, New York for a photo show next week. But yeah, KISS has been, um, it's, I'm a bit overwhelmed right now to be totally honest and trying to still live by my word of the year authentic. And just really, we, we feel like we've scoped out what's next for KISS. We've done a, you know some surveying and things like that. And uh, what's going to get us there is not 
um, maybe what got us here. And so looking into the future and technology and things like that, and really, I mean, my heart and the heart of KISS, um, which I was on a phone call with one of my developers today, and we talked at the end of the phone call, I was just so grateful to talk about why we're doing what we're doing. And ultimately, it's still like to serve the photographer. And a lot of the surveys that we get back are in this um, topic of like, am I, I can't teach confidence in album sales. And so a lot of the feedback that we get is like, I'm not a good salesperson or uh, my clients can't afford it. And so those, you know, what I see those as are limiting beliefs and um, maybe they are true to, to some point, but I, I believe kind of, kind of like getting out there and um, trying it and understanding it a bit more and um, marketing it in a specific way and, you know, ultimately becoming a salesperson. It's like my, my biggest thing lately has been like, why do all my parents, all their friends, my grandparents and all their friends, all of them have albums, like every house that you go into of kind of like generations before us, they all have books. And I think that's what photographers did for a living is they, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sold albums and their camera was just a tool to get there. And because of film, we had to print. Um, and so we, we, it wasn't as big of a jump to albums as it was, from like a digital download to the book that we have now. But um, so we've been going through that and trying to figure out kind of like we've scoped out tools that we want to build to help with that and um, really trying to figure out the pace, the path, those types of things and how we're going to do it. So it's uh, definitely been a lot of flights and and just, um, you know, I have a lot of relationships. That's what I do um, kind of for KISS a lot of relationships in the industry with photographers, with other companies, with um, potential people that we would build this with or for and or for. And, um, you know, again, the photographer being being the main goal that we're serving. Um, Kiss is just one of the pieces that that this lines up with. So, Well, and I pre- there's so many different th- talking points that you shared just now. I really love that. There may be a couple that I want to focus in on. One, you talked about the word authenticity or authentic and this is a, I mean, it, it's honestly kind of a, a pop culture phenom right now. You hear this word thrown around a lot, but I'm sure it means different things to different people. What does it mean to you and how does that translate to the brand? Yeah. So um, to me, it just means being genuine, like um, things I can make a Facebook um, or Instagram life look like everything's perfect all the time. And uh, that's just not the case. It's not relatable. And um, Mm -hmm. which I believe is what's caused a lot of like anxiety, depression, things like that is like having to live up to this bar that is fake. And Mm -hmm. so I'm willing to share um, times that it's like, hey, things aren't so easy right now or like I'm on the road a lot. So it's hard to connect at home. But my family and I are in this, you know, and so I will, you know, do what I can to make this happen and, and put a deadline on it. And, um, that's, that's just part of business, whether you're a photographer or whatever type of business you're running, it's like, it's not easy, you know, and you can hustle through it, but it's like, if you don't understand, if I don't understand why I'm doing it, then I'll run ragged, you know, and, and just be exhausted. I've been there in my photography business. I've been there with kiss. And so I'm a bit exhausted right now, but, um, I'm excited for what's coming. And so, authentic to me is just like real, like trying to be real and where I'm at like today, like right now in this moment. Um, and, and, you know, even if it's not like the pretty, um, edited photo that's on Instagram, it it will have some real life, um, embedded in it. Yeah. And I, I, this is a good reminder even for me because I have a tendency to, 
to very highly cold the, the content that I've the personal content that I'm putting online. And I think for the probably the very, very similar reason that a lot of people have, which is that the last thing that they want is to make a poor impression um, or to to make somebody think that that they're struggling. It's it, you want to to kind of to create this persona, this aura around you that you've got it figured out. And the reality at the end of the day is that probably none of us really have it figured out if we're honest. And so I appreciate your willingness. I mean, I, I've noticed this consistently, particularly through your Instagram account as of late, where you're you're being very, very open and honest about the things that you're thinking about, the things that you're struggling with, uh, the, the, the conversations that you're having with your wife, and you're willing to share that with the industry at large. And I do appreciate that authenticity. It, it, it is, I mean, it, it, that word sums it up very, very, very beautifully. Um, there is there is the other side of this conversation, which is that a lot of times in particularly in Facebook, you notice like when as you're scrolling through a Facebook feed um, that you see that some people have kind of gone the opposite direction and that they are kind of consistently and constantly complaining and whining about this thing and that thing. And there isn't any kind of proactivity innate to the conversation, which is, hey, this is the struggle that I'm having. But then here are the things that I'm learning in this process. And then here's what I'm doing to address it. And um, it seems like you've got a, a pretty nice balance of both. You're constantly learning and constantly looking to improve. You're doing that on a personal level. You're doing that on a business level. You've been very open about how you're doing that in your relationship with your wife, Jamie. And um, I, I appreciate your willingness to share that with the industry. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It really was just like a, a shift in perspective, ultimately. And it, it, it's easy for me to become the victim. And there's times where I still do, like I race to that. And um the, there was a book that I read um, the last few months called The Obstacle is the Way. And it's just like the obstacle is ugly, typically. Um, and we want to kind of like skip down the path to the summit, you know, and that's just not the case. You know, sometimes the the view or the payoff um, is it, it takes a serious climb and a lot of obstacles um, a, as you go about that. So to create anything of value, I feel like looking at the obstacle more as just like an obstacle. And if that's the direction that we are going to to go, we, we go through it. And um, so, you know, life will continue to have the things that it throws at us. And uh, I can easily slip into that victim mentality. But I feel like you end up stuck. I, I end up stuck there, you know, like just viewing it that way. And so it's like, uh, yeah, sure. It's a tough thing. And there's, there's a lot of growing opportunity in, in those situations, like you mentioned. Um, so trying to learn and not miss out on much um, of the opportunity for growth in those situations and, and really just trying to be as real, you know, as well as like, you know, safe with the things that we do share. You know, there's there's a certain limit that it kind of encroaches on privacy and things like that. I'm like, my wife has to kind of rein in on that a bit because I'm willing to share it all. And she's like, yeah, that's our life. So like, <laughs> it's more of like an in-person in conversation with, with people that we're working with or, or whatever, you know, but um, she's committed to it as well. And I, and I appreciate that. But yeah, thanks for noticing. And it's, it's been quite the ride for sure. Yeah, well, and but just the fact that you're willing to share that ride is is wonderful, and there is kind of this nice balance of um, here are the things that I'm that I'm loving and that I'm excited about, especially highlighting your family, and I love your emphasis on family, the important people in our lives. That's that's so much of what it's about at the end of the day. Uh, but I, again, I also appreciate the fact that you're sharing what you're learning through this process too, and um, that you put a little bit of effort into your posts. A lot of times we we see these posts with a you know a pretty picture and kind of the same group of about 10 words that are mixed in one form or another, one variation or another, everybody is posting the same, you know, kind of ultra happy, ultra excited. I'm so privileged to do this and this. 
And hashtag, um, hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I appreciate the fact that you're making more of an effort and, and really sharing from the heart. Um, the other thing that you brought up, and by the way, just a little side note for those of you watching on the video, I'm seeing a little bit of delay, the audio and the video. And, and so I apologize if that's the case on your end. Uh, for those of you listening on, on, on uh, just the audio side of things, that's not going to be an issue. So uh, if, if this yeah. is too confusing for those of you watching a video, jump to the audio. We'll have the, the episode published on the podcast later on today by about 6 p.m. Eastern or so. But the other thing that you mentioned, Sean, that I want to highlight, and then Rich, I want to go to you, is the effort, the ongoing effort that you were referring to that is trying to figure out, I mean, you see where KISS as a company has come. You guys have been around for over 10 years now. And you've had all kinds of success, but you're looking at what's next and trying to figure out what works best, not only for the company, but you talked about the significance of, of the client experience. Or you alluded to that. And I love that. I was reminded yesterday in a conversation with a photographer, I think it was, um, they, were, they were highlighting the fact that it's easy to, to do what we want. I mean, especially as artist types, right? It, it, much of what we do as photographers is kind of ego-driven. And for that matter, as entrepreneurs, it's ego-driven. We have a particular thing in mind that we think is a great idea, and we pursue that for one reason or another. And at the end of the day, if we don't ask the honest question, take a step back and ask the honest question, is this actually what the client wants? And then adjust not only our our efforts within the company itself, but ultimately our marketing efforts as well to accommodate what the client's actually looking for, not just simply what we want. Uh, we're going to fall short. We, we may miss the mark or the, the potential, miss the opportunity to fulfill the potential that we have as a business owner and as a company because we're not considering what the client is actually looking for, what they actually want at the end of the day. How have you found a balance between... Um, Certainly living out your mission as a business owner and as a company, but then also making sure that at the end of the day, the service that you're offering, the product that you're offering is a reflection of what the client is actually looking for as well. Because I think this is a very relevant conversation to all photography business owners. Yeah, there's a lot to that. Um, and I'll, I'll try and keep it short, but cut me off if you need to. Um, when it comes <laughs> down to it, I have this like broad broad purpose. And it's like relationships, conversations matter to me. And so you look at that in my, in my family and it's, it's, it's similar. Um, but then you, you shift it into business and it's like a weddings and things like that, that we, that we get to serve. Um, and so service minded, um, purpose as well is like Ben Kiss's motto from the get go. So, um, serving the photographer and ultimately their end client through our product, through our software, through our user interface is something that we talk about regularly. And so as long as there's, you know, the photographers and their clients to serve, we will always have plenty of work to do. And so uh, it's easy to get away from that, you know, with like the next cool material cover paper, um, you know, um, edit to put on a, on a photo as well. Um, but when it comes down to it, why we do it is that relationship and, and, and making it as easy as possible for there to be less barriers for them to get to what, what ours is as a product of, of, um, of the book. And so when we do that, we, we think through like, what does it take to get back to our clients? Cause there's so many times business just takes us further away from our clients. Um, and the way it's interesting. Um, so a, a couple things, uh, Thanks for the feedback is a great book. Um, and feedback is something I was not always great with. And I'm trying to get better and better at hearing feedback. Um, but like ultimately our clients can build our company for us. And so we attach that to the why. And then we're, you know, we continue to do what we love to do. Um, so getting feedback, um, helping 
them by serving them and educating them on what's working for our top clients and kind of like sharing that down. Um, but getting back to that, that user, um, experience and to our clients is, is huge for us, you know? So, um, thanks for the feedback. So is a great book for that. And then the other part was, um, it's, it was in, um, a documentary called, um, the defiant ones. It's Jimmy Iovine. Um, it's Dr. Dre, I believe is, is talking at this moment, but, um, it's, it's either him or Jimmy, um, talking about the creative and he talks about, um, the artist, the further away from the art, the creative gets the, the less, um, like beautiful their art is. So like you, you add business or you add a, a Dr. Gray specifically says, you give me a deadline and it nearly crushes me because it, it just sucks the creativity out of it. You know, we have to deliver and there's certain things we have to do from the business side. And so that's what Jimmy is constantly trying to do for the creatives is keep them as close to the art as possible. And mm-hmm. that's how they're able to create that beautiful, um, thing that they focused on for them, it was music for us, it's photography. And so that's our goal with kiss is to serve because of the relationship and because of the beautiful things that happen at weddings and in families and portraiture and things like that, the closer to the art, we keep the photographer that I believe the better their business can be, you know, but there still is that massive piece that, that we do is the business side, you know, so we're trying to create tools and, and, and serve them in a way that we're creating an atmosphere that the business happens in order for them to thrive in their creativity and their art. That's really, really good. Okay. So I'm, I'm taking notes as you were, as you were talking here, we'll make sure to link to. That's brilliant. I mean, he, she, he, he just gave me, he gave me a, a great excuse for my wife. Every time she gives me a deadline and be like, I'm trying to stay close to the arts. Exactly. <laughs> you're, 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 you're stifling me. I, I feel stifled right now. You know, <laughs> I like it brilliant sean brilliant oh, it's, like it's, it. it really is good stuff and we're I'll, I'll make sure to link to that book in the show notes for this episode if, if you listen to the audio version of the podcast make sure to go to boca b-o-k-e-h podcast.com and uh it's it's that that site and the show notes associated with all these episodes that we put out is, is a wealth of information we'll make sure to link to this book in the show notes as well but as i was taking notes there was two big ideas that came to mind uh, to kind of sum up what you were saying, Sean, one was the significance of communication. I mean, at the end of the day, if we're not ha- on an ongoing basis having communication or having conversations with clients, with potential clients to truly keep in touch with what it is that they're looking for, then we may come up with a cool product. We may come up with a cool service, but the reality is that it may become, it may be irrelevant to the actual needs and desires of the potential client. So staying in close contact with, I mean, in your case, you're almost working with two different clients, right? You've got the photographer and then you also have the end client that the client that the photographer is serving, but that constant, the need for constant and consistent communication, uh, feedback being one form of communication is so, so important. And I love that you highlight that. The other thing that you highlighted, which is really interesting, I, I, this has been kind of a theme on the podcast of late, is the significance of partnership. Mm-hmm. And um, this a conversation also that I've mentioned on the podcast a number of times as of late is it's a conversation that I had with a photographer friend of mine, Thomas Flint, on the Boca podcast a little while back last year, around November or so. And um, one of the things that he highlighted was something that you alluded to, the significance of partnerships in the music industry. These these well-known artists that we love to listen to and hear about and listen to the stories of, um, they didn't become what they became without partnerships, whether it was with individuals or labels or or otherwise. 
And the reality is that this is very much the case in the photography industry too. So many of the, the photographers that we know and love or have read about in photography books or otherwise, uh, they became what they became largely because of partnerships, whether it was somebody to help them in their post-production work or it was somebody that helped market their brand, spread their brand to the world or otherwise. Partnerships were a significant element of their rise to fame and the impact that they had on the photography world, the photography industry. So this idea of the significance of communication, but then also partnerships. And of course, KISS plays a really important role in these so-called partnerships with photographers, uh, not only just in the production of the albums, and we're going to get into this more in detail next week when we talk about the workflow, but you guys offer a really great solution to the actual design process of the albums, which is something that inhibits photographers a lot of times in offering albums or proactively offering albums. They're, they're thinking about the fact that they've got this album design and it's going to take hours and hours to get done. You guys have a really cool tool built into your site at kiss.us uh, that enables the photographer to very quickly put together a design and, um, and, and then work with the client to get feedback before finalizing the design and having the album printed. And I mean, that partnership is invaluable, not only for the sake of printing the album, but also helping making the work and make the workflow more efficient. So mm -hmm. I, I love that you highlight both of those points. These are really, really powerful points. And I appreciate you sharing. Um, Rich, do you have something to kind of add to, to, to tag on to the end of that conversation and then share just a little bit about what you uh, what you've been experiencing, uh, particularly in businesses of late? I mean, this is we're hitting busy season, especially for wedding photographers. Mm -hmm. uh, what's that been like for you? Well, I mean, like when I listen to Sean um, and the author, uh, I love, I mean, like everybody has this, like you said, it's a buzzword now being authentic, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, um, I, we, my wife and I were actually discussing that this morning about just like this, this epidemic of, uh, of, of uh, compare, comparing uh, yourself to other people. And it normally is on all social media. Um, and I mean, there, there, there are people. There, there are people who are on medication now because because they they can't get their anxiety under control, you know. And so um, it's it's the the FOMO, like I'm going to miss out on something, you know, this fear of missing out. Um, and so um, it's very interesting. I think it's very interesting uh, just to, to add that conversation that you were having is that uh, that that it to me the the what draws me most into social media is. Uh, some, something that you can see is real, like like people sharing sharing their fears or their emotions. Um, but very few people actually do that. You know, um, it seems like the, the the stuff that gets the most attention, the, the most likes, the most uh, comments, you know, interactions are the ones that that are uh, truly authentically real. Um, but people still really want to put their best side forward because we've been trained uh, to do that uh, from the very beginning of our lives. You know, like we leave the house. Uh, I got to make sure my hair gels in. I got, you know, my wife, you know, we got to put makeup on. We, we, we want to present our, the best of ourselves to the, to the world, even in, you know, without social media. That's just been what we, you know, been, but, uh, um, and I train, guess that whole, train, you know? that whole experience or that whole process has been just magnified to a, a you know, a, a thousand percent. Oh yeah. When we oh, have yeah. such easy access to everyone's world now. And as, as we pointed out, they're, they're highlighting the best of the best, and everything else kind of gets left out in the process. And so it is easy to compare, but that very comparison is, as you alluded to, Rich, what causes pretty significant anxiety. And, um, you know, for those of you who don't pay a whole lot of attention to Gary Vaynerchuk, he's somebody that we've mentioned on the podcast a number of times before, but he talks about this very 
uh, issue of comparison and how that can affect you as a business owner and ultimately how it can inhibit your potential success, certainly as an individual, but also as a business owner. And um, I will link to a video or two in the show notes for this episode as well. You're going to want to take a look at that because I think you're going to find it quite inspirational and uh, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. But Rich, what's your experience been as of late um, in kind of the middle of busy wedding season? What does that look like for you? Have you had great success? Um, I mean, I, I'm always so impressed with the way that you engage with your clients. What does that look like? Uh, yeah, it's going great. You, you are, um, to be to be real, to be authentic, I mean, it, it is it's hard. You know, I mean, like um, my my wife has has been uh, has um, she has reduced herself to actually, you know, like bribing me to get work done because you know, I'm so overwhelmed. I mean, like, you know, even when we have good systems in place, uh, it get, and get to the point where like, like you are just overwhelmed with work and uh, having people like surrounding yourself. Be able, and I mean, we outsource our editing. We, we, we uh, even through that, I can't imagine what life, my life would look like if, if uh, we didn't have, so trying to surround ourselves with people who uh, are trying to help us with the the busyness of life, so we can concentrate more on our family and 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 what the things that matter, you know. So, um, but yeah, it, it it it's overwhelming right now. Uh, but it's you know, st- we we were still we had to be more. Uh, we, we want to be more uh, purposeful and in, in doing family stuff. And that, so like even just yesterday, I'm overwhelmed with work, but we still spent a lot of time as a family kid has no idea. Like, like, and I, because that's, that's what's important. You know, you got to schedule what's important first and then schedule everything else around that, you know? So family time's important. That goes first on the calendar. And then, and then um, we can, we can be stressed about answering emails or, or, or whatnot afterwards but right after now the fact. You know, yeah yeah you know after the fact but but i mean you know but again it, it it always goes back to the fact to me is is like this time in, in my kids life i don't get back you know i don't get back you know so uh, i um i remember uh my my dad working a lot a whole whole lot and i don't remember i don't have many memories of us spending time as, uh, together as um father or son you know he never went in the outside and played played ball with me or, or took me fishing or, or whatnot he was always working and so um I, I don't and that kind of affected me I, I don't want my kids to experience the same thing for me and every time i feel like i'm uh slipping in, into that that being working so much and ignoring my kids um, I, you know, there's that little, that little voice that kind of reminds me, Hey, you, you know, let's uh, fight against being that portion of your dad. You know, my dad's a great guy. Um, you know, but, but that aspect of his life, he, he needed to work on, he really didn't, you know? So, yeah, that's a tough thing to, to look back to. And, and it's easy to kind of get stuck there. Uh, but I, I love that you're taking that experience. And we spoke earlier about the significance of certainly we, we can be honest about the the negative experiences that we've had in life, but then highlighting what we've learned from those experiences and then how we're proactively moving forward, what we're doing as a result of the lessons that we learn from those experiences. And I, I love that you're doing that proactively. And I mean, the other thing too, that, that you mentioned a second ago, and that I, I will highlight as well, again, is the significance, the, the idea that Sean alluded to earlier, the significance of partnerships, Uh, partnerships without these kinds of partnerships where 
we have an, a company to outsource editing work, which is one of the most time consuming elements of running a photography business. We have a company like Kiss to outsource not only album design too. I mean, you can take advantage of the album designer, but you can also have them just do the design work for you. So you don't even have to think about it. Um, taking advantage of those types of partnerships, taking advantage of partnerships with, with accountants or other admin assistants that can help you with communication, email management, managing the calendar and booking clients and so forth. There's so many opportunities to partner with other people. And one of the things that I've mentioned before uh, a number of times at this stage is that if you were to very quickly make a list, they're not even quickly, I mean, take an hour for that, for that matter and sit down, make a list of all the things that you have to do in a day and then tag each of those items, either proactive or reactive, proactive being those tasks or activities that actually grow your business, increase your bottom line. And then those reactive tasks being those things that have to happen in order for your business to exist, but don't necessarily require your involvement and probably can't connect it directly or correlate it directly to increasing your bottom line. Those items on that list of how you spend your day, literally from the time that you get up to the time you go to bed, that you tag reactive in nature. If you do a quick Google search of each of those items, you'll likely find a service uh, of, or a business of some kind that will take care of that particular activity for you so that you don't have to. Um, and then any activity that you can't delegate, you can probably either automate it or potentially simplify it so you don't have to spend as much time in it. But it's easy, especially during these busy months, to get overwhelmed uh, in the process of managing a photography business, servicing so many different clients, shooting weddings, uh, potentially up late nights at times, shooting and you, know, you have long weekends, potentially with multiple weddings or 10, 15 portrait sessions in a week. It becomes overwhelming. Capitalizing on those partnerships is absolutely vital. And I'm glad that you highlight that, Rich. And speaking of, let's kind of go ahead and get into our, our topic. We've got about 30 minutes here uh, for this week, which is, again, the beginning of a, of a couple, the two-part series really on album sales. And I want to talk just a little bit about philosophy because I think it's important, just as we were discussing today, to understand the psychology that drives this thing called album sales uh, to begin with. Why does it even matter to begin with? And what are the what are the the helpful or beneficial value add thought processes that we should embrace as photography business owners when it comes to approaching album sales, not only so that we can sell more, but so that we can do so efficiently. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'd like to start with, and I'm going to go back to you, Sean, uh, is, and this is almost a, a, um, a rhetorical question, I realize, but I, I want to at least highlight it. In this day and age where digital photography means that our clients can very easily access a digital thumbnail or, or a gallery of thumbnails for that matter, share them to Facebook, download them to their phone, easily view them, send a text message to friends or family members. Um, in an age where we have easy access to digital, digital imagery, why does something like an album actually matter and and maybe to to build on that idea and kind of what I was talking about earlier is this something that we've we're trying to create a need for as photographers or is there an actual felt need or desire from our clients that we should be meeting by providing a physical album curious to get your thoughts on that Sean yeah it's um it's an interesting time for sure the pace of life is is faster than ever before and mm -hmm. the moments that we get to just stop 
um, are few and far between. You know, we don't end up finding rest at the end of the day. We end up crashing a lot of times at the end of the day because our bodies are actually exhausted. And so we, we fall into bed or fall asleep right where we're at. Um, and that's not really rest. That is that that's not recharging. That is crashing. And so, um, I love the, the way that Dave Ramsey, um, financial expert, um, he has his radio show and things like that. Um, the way he, compares the physical touch to like paying with cash versus paying with a credit card. I would love to see somebody do some research on us looking at images on devices, which are beautiful. And it, it is easy to share. And Instagram is great. You know, we feel connected to everybody. And in actuality, we're probably connected to less than ever before. Um, but like, it is a great thing. And it, it's like, I, I have family 2000 miles away. So when I post stuff, I think about them, they get to see my life and my kids and, and the things that I, I have going on here in Indiana, and they're in California. Um, but the there's nothing quite like sitting down and flipping through um, an album or flipping through four by six images of even my childhood or something like that. You know, um, I've said this before, but like I, I have spent some time with my grandpa in the last couple of years and he has dementia, but when he hasn't, he, he's surrounded by photos a lot of the time. And when he talks about a photo, it, it's kind of like a, we call it a rain man moment. He knows everything about the photo and um, he can tell you everything about it yet. He can't remember somebody's name in the room, you know, and then you, you, uh, but you put a device in his hand and, and he feels lost, you know, maybe because of his age or technology or whatever. Um, but he sees devices as, as something else. The same thing with like my nine-year-old son. Um, you put a device in his hand and I can show him photos, but he wants to like play a game or, or something like that, or FaceTime with somebody, but you put a picture in, in, in his hand and you sit with him on the couch. And it's like, that moment is, is so different. We get to talk about it. He wants to hear the story behind it. If he's not in the photo, um, and it's about me, he wants to hear about it. If he's in the photo, he wants me to tell him about that time of his life. And it, it just stops us. And so as photographers, I don't believe we're creating um, like an excuse to have something printed. It's more like, how, how do you want your images? You know, how do you see your images first and foremost? What are you doing as a photographer? What is the purpose of it all? Sure, we stop time in order for us to reflect back on it. But where do you want that story really to lie? And so the way I would always do album sales was like, um, here's an, you know, an album credit for X amount of spreads, which is more like a highlight reel of your wedding. And so here is a, an affordable way to get an album into that package. But what I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how I saw the day in the full story length. So do you want to upgrade now even to that full story with a full album, um, or do you want to keep it a highlight reel to keep it affordable so you can you can look back on it and you have something printed? And so um, that is how I always saw it and, and how I sold it. It's like I'm I'm here to be like this storyteller, you know, um, through through the the camera as a tool. I want to tell your story so you can reflect back on it. And uh, when you print it and you put it in a book. Um, that is how I wanted it to be delivered. Um, sure. I utilize screens when I, when I turn digital and things like that, I use, it's one of the ways I sold a ton of weddings was showing a slideshow at the reception that turned into like an iPad at the reception. And as technology evolved, I utilized it for things cause it was like an easy way for me to show them image images instantly. But the long-term sitting on a couch with a glass of wine or a bourbon or a coffee or something like that and having a conversation over your story, I want that to be in a book. And so that is how I sold it when I was a photographer and how currently, um, you know, our top clients are still doing it that way. You know, they, 
they are photographers, you know, they use photography as a tool to, to um, create this story with their clients. And for them to relive that, that, that's up to you. How do you want them viewing that? Is it on Facebook? I think that's a great tool. But um, for me and for a lot of my top clients at KISS, they do that through the physical album. And, and you really beautifully summed that up. I, I think, uh, again, I'm thinking very simply here, but a word that comes to mind is experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the experience is significantly different when you have something tangible in your hands. And, you know, we, we are, you alluded to the fact that, that we are in this digital age where something like Instagram is really great, but there is an interesting behavior innate to Instagram, which is this very quick scrolling, right? Mm-hmm. And what I realized, I had a conversation with my son that I've, I've talked about before. Uh, I, I talked about something that I had posted on Instagram. I noticed that he had liked it. And so I asked him about the, the individual post. And at, long story short, what he told me or explained to me was that he had he had liked the, the image uh, just because it was from me and he was just you know being nice and kind of engaging with my post uh, on a very brief level. The reality was he didn't actually know what that post was about. He hasn't taken the time to actually read the text that went with that image. It was just a very quick like and moving on. And that is the behavior that so, I mean, I'm guilty of it too, that so many of us exemplify in the social media age, in this digital culture, and it's a very quick something in passing and we're on to the next thing that might capture our attention for a few more seconds and then we're on to the next thing. And what that that tangible physical album gives us is a completely different experience, which doesn't en- enable us or allow us to quickly scroll. We have we have a page to open up to and we're taking our time looking at that image. And I, I know that like if somebody were to hand me an album, I'm just naturally going to, out of respect for these people, I'm going to take more time to look at that album and take it from page to page and look at the image and then how that image may relate to the other images and see how this grouping of images is telling the story and then ask questions about those images that I'm seeing there, whether internally or, or to the person in front of me. But it, it's a vastly different experience when you have a physical, tangible project or a product to look at, to hold, to touch. And uh, I think it's a beautiful example, too. And that, that story of your grandfather, uh, it very accurately represents the different experience that we can provide our clients by offering a physical product like an album. Rich, I'd love for you to, to comment on this uh, before we talk a little bit more about kind of the, how, how this idea of selling an album uh, relates right. to time management and efficient workflow. But what's your experience been like offering a physical product to your clients? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I put the fear of God at them actually. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> um, I mean, like, uh, I, basically I, I tell real stories. This literally happened to me in, in my, my photography business, you know, I mean, literally one happened just this week, uh, where, um, about six or seven years ago, I photographed, um, my, our, our family doctor's wedding. She, she got married and I, I, I photographed her wedding. Um, back then, six, seven years ago, um, I didn't really push album sales. And so she just got the digital files, um, um, you know, skipped to literally this week. Um, my wife is having some, uh, some health problems. And, uh, and so she, we really liked going to this doctor. And so, uh, so we contacted her. She's no longer at that practice. She does like a more, more of a um, personal private practice. And, um, and she basically said, she, that she told my wife, she said, um, maybe we can barter. 
I can't find my wedding photos at all, you know? And, and uh, she's like, Hey, if, if we, maybe we can do some sort of bartering here. And, and so to me, I'm like, that was just six, seven years ago, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago. Like it, it and, and literally she just got the digital files. Maybe her hard drive crashed. Um, her life got busy. Like, like she literally can't, she can't find them. She can't find the digital files. You know, I could be all business. I could be dead. Like, like, again, like, like, like those memories uh, could be completely lost if obviously I, I, if I don't, didn't keep um, really good backups of my, of my work, you know? Um, and so, and so she, she is still in danger of, uh, of losing the, those memories forever. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, JPEG files just does not survive the test of time. It just will not. Um, in fact, I even tell them right now, I, uh, Apple, Apple um, does not store images on the on the iPhone anymore in JPEG file. They they've gone to a, a, another format. You know, I said I said you you can't. I tell my client you can upgrade to, to get like a like a USB uh, from me. But it's like if I hand you this USB today, you will not be able to fit this USB into my computer right now. You know, like like it's just like technology is moving so fast. Um, and these JPEG files, you you may not even know what to do with these JPEG files in five years, ten years. You just don't know. You know, um, and so the only thing that will survive is a physical product um, um, and a, a book. So basically, I kind of I kind of go about uh, go about that way. Basically, like hey, I, I'm kind of giving you a, a uh, I'm trying. I'm not doing this for me. I'm not trying to do it for myself. I'm doing it for for you. The, for the, for for their good, not my good. If they want to have something to show their kids, eventually their grandkids, it's not going to be on an iPad or a JPEG file. It's going to be a physical book. Um, um, so images from a wedding. I mean, it'll, it'll hopefully survive for generations. And the only thing about that is through. A physical album. So, so basically, I kind of, I kind of walk them through, like, hey, think, think long term, think long term th- through, through this, not just, hey, I want something to put on Facebook. Uh, I want you to think 25, 50 years in the future. Like, what, what do you want from, from these images? You know. That's really good. And and uh, just as a little side note here, we're having ongoing technical issues with with the uh, host yeah. platform today. And so I apologize for those of you who are trying to watch. I know it's a little sketchy. We actually lost Sean and hopefully we'll be able to bring him back here soon. But um, I know that the image is pixelated and the audio is delayed from the video. We're actually planning on moving to a different platform starting next week. So hopefully all these issues will at least largely go away. You can never fully rely on technology, speaking of. Um, but but, um, I apologize for the issue. And, and, uh, if it's easier to listen to the audio version after the fact, again, we'll be, we'll have this episode posted later this evening. If you could just go to bocapodcast.com, not only can you listen to the episode link to various podcast players, but also see the show notes. But I I was also taking notes, Rich, as you were talking and and you made some interesting points here that I want to highlight. Um, number one is the, the value felt when you have a physical product, I think I think there is a tendency, and I alluded to this this idea earlier of you know being in an Instagram age where we're scrolling very quickly. In addition to not paying very much attention to what we're looking at, there is also a tendency, I think, to there's, there's a felt minimalization of the value of that thing that we're observing. If we have a heavy physical, beautiful product that we're holding in front of us, the amount of attention. A, that we're going to give to that, but then B, the amount of value that we're going to assign to that thing um, mm-hmm. is significantly different than if then we just have this, this 
image that in some ways feels no different than, you know, a snapshot that our mom sent to us yesterday uh, mm -hmm. because we can access it in the same way. So the, the kind of the association of value to that object is different when we run into, when we have that particular, um, when we have that particular experience. Secondly, the, the, the other issue uh, or not the other issue, but the other significant point that you made, Rich, that I think was really, really important is the significance of longevity of a physical, tangible product. Um, and, and that is because of the thing that you pointed out, which is technology. I mean, technology, as, as we can see, is not reliable. And, mm -hmm. um, and to that point, if we have a physical product that is archival in nature, and, and mm -hmm. a product like that from KISS is certainly going to be archival in nature, then, then the, the likelihood that we have that very product that we can go pull off a shelf and take a look at or share with our friends or share with our family, that we have that into the distant future is highly, highly likely. Whereas if we're dealing with something like technology, which number one um, can fail, uh, but mm -hmm. also is going to evolve, as you pointed mm -hmm. out, Rich, uh, there is a there's less a likelihood that we're going to have easy access to that particular product, in this case, the digital files. And um, as a result, we, we miss out on the opportunity not only to enjoy them ourselves, but also to allow others to enjoy those images, that imagery with us. And um, so I, I love that you, that you bring up those two points. Now, we're, we're seeing the obvious value here of mm -hmm. the physical, tangible album. And, 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 and actually, actually, even a professional album, too, because, I mean, like uh, my clients do have the ability to go use my images on a on a Shutterfly book or a blur book. You know, I even talk I kind of talk about that as well. Like, hey, again, like a, a blurb, a, a, a book that's 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 printed as cheaply as possible. You spent a whole lot of money on me. These images uh, you know, it's, it's like taking a, a Ruth Chris steak and like putting it to a Happy Meal box. Like, it's just like, it's just, it just doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I basically kind of talked to them even just about the value of, um, of valuing their wedding images, images to put it into a, a good, uh, a quality book that will last for, because again, a Shutterfly book is going to fall apart in, you know, five, you know, five or so years or, you know, because it's so cheaply made. And it's not something that you're going to really be proud of and show your your kids or grandkids later on in a really thin, you know, book that's falling apart. The the, the images are faded, you know. So so I, I even talked to him about that to get a a a something that a good quality, heavy archival legacy album that uh, that's going to survive for generations because that's exactly what it is. That's what, uh, you know, that's what we're, that's exactly what it's designed for, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm really glad that you highlight that because there is a significant range. Uh, why well, I should say a significant difference between the range of products available. Certainly you can go spend a hundred dollars at Shutterfly and get an album or even less probably Oh yeah, get, yeah. An, al okay. get an album of, of images. But mm -hmm. the reality is at the end of the day, the quality of an album from Shutterfly versus something that you're going to get from a company like Kiss is significantly mm -hmm. different. And it's not only oh, yeah. felt, but that will be seen in the long run uh, when it comes to, again, this idea of longevity, the quality of the product and longevity of, longevity of the product because of its quality. 
Yeah. And, uh, so I, I love that you that you highlight that. We're gonna we we lost Sean unfortunately, so we're just gonna keep going here. And uh, again, I apologize for the technical issues here. Certainly not Sean's fault. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening with this platform today, but we're I'm glad to be moving on next week. And, uh, <laughs> and we're certainly gonna get get Kiss involved in the conversation again next week. And and I really truly appreciate Sean's contribution to the conversation. But Rich, maybe you could just briefly comment. Um, and again, this may be a little bit rhetorical in nature, but when, okay. when we're considering pain points and and I think you even alluded to this uh, to this mm -hmm. uh, to me, maybe off air at some point. But when you were talking about the reason or reasons why you haven't necessarily always offered kind of proactively offered albums, you mentioned mm -hmm. at least one, maybe a couple of different pain points that were apprehensions for you, reasons why you're not readily offering albums all the time. Mm -hmm. What would those what would the most time consuming elements or the biggest pain points of offering an album be, at least from your perspective as a wedding photographer who's been in business now for, what is it, eight years or is it 10 years? 10 years. It's been over 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. 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 What does that look like for you? So, yeah, I mean, like uh, any kind of system, I, I am... I am by nature a lazy person, which is not a bad, not a bad thing. I, that's what I tell myself at least. But, um, uh, but uh, anything that is going to make the systems or my workflow hard on me, it's going to, it's time consuming, something that is not enjoyable for me, uh, that's hard to use, um, is going to, uh, I'm going to, it's going to not make me want to do it. Therefore, if, if, for example, if the album design process is a painful pain point for me, then, um, then I'm going to try to get my class not to get an album because I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. You know, um, you know, so, uh, so the, the whole ability to communicate clearly, uh, with my class, uh, uh, through the whole pro album design process, um, that was a pain point uh, six, seven years, uh, five, six, seven years ago, where like it just that there was no good solutions out there for that, you know, and so uh, uh, you could, you know, it's the whole idea of I used to design albums in Photoshop, which is Photoshop is not designed to be a, a book designing um, thing, you know. Then I upgraded to. Uh, InDesign, Adobe InDesign, but that—that that is like that is like I—I—I'm I'm not a professional magazine. It was way too much. It's just way too much for the the learning curve. It it just and then I mean like once I get the design done, how do I do I upload to to Dropbox and like how do I get them to communicate like what changes they it was just insanely insanely difficult you know do and so but now it's it's a whole all those pain points are gone completely gone yeah and we're going to highlight um kind of the solution via kiss and next week we're going to highlight the solutions to those pain points because i think they've done a, a wonderful job of addressing those oh, pain yeah. points that the thing oh, that yeah. you highlight rich which is really interesting and by the way we're we have sean back with us so it's good to have you back sean Thanks. and i want you to comment on on this uh, here in just a second but yeah. the point that you highlight there rich is the significance of or the significant role that complication or complicated workflows play in the process mm -hmm. of doing something like offering an album. And mm -hmm. I think this is a real, a really important point to make. I mean, we talk about the significance of simplicity and efficiency in our workflow as photography business owners quite a bit here on the podcast. Uh, and the reason for that, that is, I, I've said so many times before, 
if you have too many moving parts that are irrelevant to the actual task at hand or to ultimately to the, to the business, the mission of your business at hand, it's just getting in the way of you being able to, A, get things done quickly and efficiently, but then, of course, B, get on to much more important things in your, your personal life and in your business for that matter. Yep. And um, so figuring out ways to make that workflow more efficient, minimizing the number of unnecessary moving parts uh, is something that KISS has done beautifully. And and I, I mean, in all in full disclosure, if you will, I've, I've been friends with Sean for, for years now and, and been essentially following the progress of KISS as a brand since the very, very beginning. We actually started Photographers Edited at about the same time. Yep. And um, But what I've seen them do to minimize the potential barrier to entry when it comes to offering albums as part of the, the product line as a photography business owner is just incredible. And, and of course, the, the idea of their name itself is centered around keeping things simple. So again, we're going to highlight that workflow next week more specifically. But Sean, just very briefly, I mean, I, you shot weddings for over a decade, right? Mm -hmm. 15 years. Yep. 15 years. So your experience, and again, this may be a little bit rhetorical in nature, but just to highlight the significance of uh, these potential pain points that our listeners or our viewers may have experienced themselves, what are the biggest pain points or what were the biggest pain points for you as a photographer when it came to offering albums? Yeah, very similar to Rich. I love how you said to um, communicate clearly is how you said it. And mm -hmm. as a creative, that is one of the hardest things for us to do is to communicate clearly what we're trying to say. And so what, you know, the systems that you did, I went through the same exact thing. I did Photoshop and Photoshop is made to edit photos. Um, and that even that has, um, it, it's a really in-depth version of like mm -hmm. a, a Lightroom or something, Aperture or something like that. And so there's tools that keep coming out that help us do what we do as creatives, but to communicate that clearly is hard. And then when you, you do an album design and how to communicate back and forth with, you know, you take, take us back, you know, six, seven years ago, there wasn't systems out there for that. And so it was like, I used email and then I'm trying to track, I shot over 60 weddings a year. So I'm trying to track through email, through Dropbox, through, you know, having them in person, you know, which just sucked. It, that was not what the relationship was built for or, or the investment that I wanted to make. Um, mm -hmm. Around the album, it was just so difficult to, to get what they wanted or, or their version of the story designed in an album, you know. And so that's really why we built KISS was to help, again, make a tool um, to help the photographer communicate what they're trying to how they're trying to tell the story through photos. Because the photographer, the way a photographer wants to communicate is like, I'm going to take your picture and then I'm going to show it to you. And that is a way that we're communicating. That is a clear communication for us. Like here, this is you guys in this photo. So we try and invest in that relationship, create a moment to where it's like the camera's not around and I'm, I'm actually capturing raw emotion. Those are the most beautiful photos that there are. Somebody genuinely laughing or somebody, uh, a couple wrapped up on each other, just like in the moment, those are the shots. And so I can sit there and communicate, click, 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 click. And now with digital, I can show you the back of my camera or a film, you know, you get it printed. I can show you that. That is a clear communication of what I'm trying to do as a photographer is to document and stop time of raw emotions. Those are the, the you know, hit it out of the park photos. And so now we're trying to do that by getting them a, a full story and to do that with, with um, you know, technology was something that we were willing to kind of like step to the step up to the plate and do, you know? And so 
That's what we've done with KISS, which we'll go over next week. But I think communication is so key and being able to clearly set expectations. The things that we've run into over and over with photographers is expectations, boundaries, things like that. The You, you were talking about like I, I was on the whole time. I could hear you guys. I just couldn't talk. And so I was just sitting there listening, and then you guys told me I wasn't on. Um, but, <laughs> but one, of the, one of the things I thought was was great was like, you know, you give them the images and for them to maybe potentially go and, and uh, design their own book between um, 70 and 80% of books that get started in the design, in the consumer world do not get finished. So yeah. a, a consumer starts a design, whether it's their family photos or uh, weddings, because a lot of people are, are shooting and, and giving the images away. Um, they're just not getting done. And so if they get it done, that is a huge thing. If they even start it, there was a company back in the day where we used to do discs, which was not that long ago. Um, yeah. our, our, our storage was done on CD and then DVD was like, oh, wow, there's like now a, so much more storage on a DVD, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but there was a company back in the day that um, used to do that for um, a, a service. They would burn, burn the images and send them to your clients for them. Well, for six months their burner was not working. They had these stacks of burners. And um, in those six months, which they served a lot of photographers, I won't tell you who it was, um, but they served a lot of photographers. So in six months, they had two complaints. So that means two people out of the thousands and thousands of disks that they sent out even put it in their computer and tried to, to get to them. So I think as photographers, we need to serve our clients to the end and do something. Because I, I get why clients would maybe want those images. They want to like put them in a safe or keep them safe or whatever. I totally get that. But for us to ask them to go finish to do a design. I mean, design the design is hard for a, for a professional photographer to do. We're good at taking pictures and editing them and creating those moments. But then, we're, we, then we have to become a designer. InDesign was the right tool to be doing it. But yeah, it was built for layout for magazine and things like that. So for us to do that is, is just difficult. There's people that focus on it and, they, and that's all they do is album design because it is an art in and, in and of itself. But like we need to take them to the finish line ultimately. And so KISS, that's what we're really trying to do is create tools to help communicate clearly what we want to, what we want their story to look like, be able to communicate back and forth, get them to the finish line. But even just getting them to the album is the epidemic nowadays. It's like, let me just take your pictures and I'll just give them to you and you guys go mm -hmm. figure it out. I understand that concept. A, we're leaving a lot of money on the table and um, B, we're really not taking our clients to the finish line. What do you want to do as a photographer? Where do you want your images to live for the rest of, you know, that person's life and, and, and past, you know, legacy is one of the things that we want to leave behind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's other, I can bore you to death with st statistics, but it's an epidemic that there's photos out and, you know, there's more photos that exist in, in the cloud than do in printed form. We're, we're coming up to that, to that time. And, and, um, the, this company Kodak Eastman, they uh, do statistics on printed format stuff. They say people are now losing generations of, of existence in photo form because a phone ends up in a toilet or a hard drive goes bad. That is their, that's everything gone because they haven't printed anything because now we, there's more cameras than ever before. And mm -hmm. so we have, we can take pictures of everything on the planet, but it, we're just not printing it. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's the, the pace of life doesn't allow us to stop and actually print anything. So as a professional photographer, what are they hiring us to do? And mm -hmm. where do we want that format to live or what format do we want that to live in? Where do we want their story to be told for generations to come, you know? And so that, that's really what we're trying to fill in and work with photographers that care a lot about that and help fill in 
the communication that you referred to, the sales thing that is like um, a scary word, you know, but really taking them to the finish line. You know, what if that's what they expected from the get go was, was an album? It's mm-hmm. like where you're more of an album salesperson than you are. You use a camera to do that. You document their day. You edit with these tools. You know, it's all getting us to that story and how it's being told. And, and for us, that's, that's the book. I happen to own a book company, but it's like mm-hmm. I care so much about the relationships and the things and the conversations that are going to happen over that book. I love, that was my favorite thing about being a photographer is when I handed in their book for the first time, I would do these little get togethers where I'd invite the couple, the bridal party and the, and the parents, and they would all come to my studio or I'd go to their house when I didn't have a studio. And, um, I, we would do an unveiling of their book. And when I gave it to them for the first time, they would flip through it and their tears and laughter and people would crowd in on this couch. And I was like, I, this is why I do it. I have the chills right now. I remember like it was yesterday. I'm like, this is why I do it because mm-hmm. this is not the only time this is going to happen. They're going to be, you know, at, they're, they're going to have their kids and they'll be over for Thanksgiving or whatever it is. And they'll, they will pile up around this book and they will relive that day that we photographed together. And it is a beautiful thing, you know, but that took a lot of work for us to get there. So it's so valuable to have that piece that lives on for generations to come. I mean, I'm super passionate about that. Yep. Well, I, I appreciate the the very eloquent way that you summed that up. And I mean, you highlighted the, the two primary pain points in this process, which is A, the design and how much of a struggle that can be. And it is hilarious to think about some of the tools that we've used over the years to design Jeez. albums with. But you guys have a really great system that we're going to share next week that enables yeah. photographers, if they want to do their own design, to do so very, very, very quickly. Um, if not, of course, they have the wonderful option to be able to then delegate or outsource that design process to KISS, which is really cool. And we'll talk about that as well as the actual sales process um, next week. The other thing that you highlighted, too, is the significance of communication with our clients. I mean, that's not only important, as we as we said at the very beginning of today's episode, for the sake of understanding what our clients are looking for, what they want, what they need, and then as a result, providing a better service and product to them. But in this process of designing something that is going to be a a legacy item in their family, communication is so, so important. And so having the right tools in place to enable that effective communication is really important. Again, you guys have created something like that for photographers to use, and we will highlight that again next week. Um, I really appreciate you making time, Sean, to to share with us today. I know that you, things are crazy busy for you. The same goes for you, Rich. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you both being here, making time for the Book of Podcast for this Facebook Live series, Workflow Wednesday. Uh, Latoya Dixon Smith says hello. She's waving hello. I actually just um, did an interview with Latoya yesterday. And uh, she is a workflow specialist. Her episode is going to be coming out here pretty soon. So make sure you be on the lookout for that. We may actually have Latoya on the Workflow Wednesday series in the near future as well to talk about workflow and systems, the significance of systems. But thanks for listening in, Latoya. Thank you for those of you who have uh, watched today, who have chimed in. And then for those of you who are also listening to the audio version of this, the podcast. And if you are listening to the audio version, make sure you go to Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com and check out the show notes. I'll link to some of the resources that we mentioned today. And um, you want to look at some of the other show notes associated with the other um, episodes, including actually episodes that I've done with both Rich and Heather individually and then uh, with Sean as well. Uh, You could just do a quick search and you'll find those as well. But thank you guys so much. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of your Wednesday and uh, we'll chat with you more soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. 
Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>